0: It's so difficult to really change. Difficult? <laughs> why, why, look here. Changing from bad to good is as easy as taking your first step. Put one foot in front of the other. And soon you'll be walking across the floor.
1: Put one foot in front of the other. And soon you'll be walking out the door you never... Will... Hey, welcome to Four Feet Running, episode 67. I'm Nick. I'm Dan. And we're here in Newport, Rhode Island. And we're going to go for a nice five-mile run and try to avoid a lot of traffic. It is busy here.
0: Hey, because it's a Saturday morning. Newport's a very uh, Saturday kind of town. Mm-hmm.
1: We're thirsty.
0: Yeah. 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 We've recorded here before. We just thought we haven't been here in a little while. It's fun. It's sort of toward the end of summer. Or it is the end of summer. It's not even summer anymore. Yeah. It's fall now.
1: It's beautiful out. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. So we're shorts. Mm-hmm. So it's perfect weather.
0: Yeah, I'm wearing shorts and long sleeve t-shirts, so that's weird. <laughs> and a little bit of both.
1: I like this. this. This fall season. It's been perfect. The weather's been just beautiful.
0: Yeah, it's been ideal. If it could just be like this uh, forever.
1: Oh, no, I know. I love it. Because
0: awesome. it's like what? I mean, this is probably about 68 degrees. Well,
1: yeah, about that. Maybe even a little less. A little less, I think. But, uh, you know, it's after a year of constant snow, constant rain, mm. and then oppressive humidity, it's been kind of refreshing.
0: Yeah. That guy kind of has a. Uh, We're walking by a pickup truck. The guy has copper uh, gutters in the back of his pickup truck. I think we should steal that and hawk it for the money. (laughs) Copper gets a lot, you know, on the black market.
1: Money. Bernese Mountain Dog seems to be wandering around, peeing on bushes all by himself.
0: Yeah, this is the kind of place Newport is. They have stray Bernese Mountain Dogs.
1: <laughs> just hanging out.
0: I really hope we don't have a tussle with this thing.
1: Not like Nigel. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> he
0: just had a tussle with a dog on latest Running from the Reaper. This thing is probably about uh, 90 pounds.
1: Uh, at least, Two. yeah. It's <laughs> a, a, a big
0: one. Let's move away.
1: He looks nice though. Yeah. I love running these dogs. Should we start running after the first
0: time? Sure. I'm just going to do a little five mile run.
1: Then we make our way to Bellevue Ave. Okay. Where all the mansions are. Ready? So, yep. Yeah. Dogs are a little crazy today.
0: But uh, so, yeah, they didn't get a run yesterday.
1: So they little... went for 17 miles.
0: Yeah, they couldn't go with you.
1: I don't like to break up my, my long runs.
0: If you can't help it.
1: Sometimes I'll just take them out for a couple miles and then do the rest of my run. But because it's a long run, I want to get the whole experience of the run. Just to go out and back. And uh, I find it very disruptive to come back home sometimes.
0: Well, because you're training for the long distances on races. Yeah. And in a race, a you know, marathon you can't.
1: I try to mimic that. Home. I try to mimic that as best I can on the long run.
0: But yeah. occasionally... Stanley is thrashing around like a oh, yeah, Marlin says, you just caught.
1: Stanley doesn't have his pay attention ears on. You
0: didn't put your pay attention ears on? You gotta lay them out the night before. <laughs> so you remember to put them on. get <laughs> Yeah. Also, this is the kind of place that Newport is. The trash that we just run over, it was a wine cork.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they have fancy
0: liquor bottles on the ground. Yeah, fancy
1: trash. It's very strange. There's very rich people and there's very poor people here.
0: Oh, they got to have somebody to clean up the mansions <laughs> after them.
1: <laughs> and every, some of the people, the stories we've heard about, is it somebody we knew, knew somebody who just made croissants with somebody? Yeah. One of the rich people
0: here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, We've known people who have uh, who lived in the Newport area. Yeah, no like. Where one works as a baker.
1: Yeah, he was a friend of a friend, anyway. Yeah. And she she was like a personal chef to this person. They mostly just made croissants all day for so them. Yeah. That's rich. Oh yeah. Imagine that.
0: You have your own sort of private croissant chef.
1: <laughs> I think they were kind of mean too. They didn't, it actually wasn't a great job because they were kind of mean about it. <laughs> the rich people. Yeah, the,
0: the croissants just weren't up to standard half the time. The exacting croissant standards this person has established.
1: I don't know, I have to really use <laughs> the
0: I can go too, actually. We'll have to take a brief break. <laughs> Why don't we just uh, we'll take a pause right now? We'll catch up with everybody after we've urinated in the, the grocery store. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm going first. Right, you go first.
0: <laughs> so we're back. How do you feel? Better. Uh, I noticed while I was in there they had buy one, get one free chicken breast. You want me to get back in there and pick <laughs> some
1: up? Good for later. I could eat. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're gonna have to stop at a restaurant and have a meal.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, maybe we should walk on the street next to the. Can, okay. Um, yeah, Stanley's not being a very good boy. We okay. barked at a kid today, so. E- but to be a... fair, the kid scared us both.
0: <laughs> All right.
1: I think he was coming out to pet.
0: Oh, um, yeah.
1: But he's like popped out of that mm. store. Stanley doesn't like surprises. We're working on it. He's, he's, getting, he's gotten a little bit better. He's not biting people that walk by us now.
0: So. That's good. Just for no reason. Yeah. I don't mind uh, stopping into the grocery store to pee with, like, a microphone on and a bottle <laughs> on my back. Because Newport's yeah. just full of eccentrics anyway. They are. <laughs> I saw this woman walking into the grocery store with, like, huge Jackie O sunglasses, a visor, and a giant brown fringy scarf covering, <laughs> like, from her nose down.
1: Wow. It's not that cold.
0: No. It's sort of like, you know when uh, in cartoons, when they like try to rob the train? Yeah. Like that.
1: She robbed the grocery store.
0: And uh, she was buying milk when I saw her inside. Anyway, so how's your training been this week?
1: Uh, it's been good. I can't remember the last time we recorded. Since then it's been great. I've been taking my Nike freeze out. Yeah. And no, them. You know, I've, I've been getting a little faster. Yeah. For real. Comfortably. The reboot really helped. The cool weather has been really helpful. Yeah, I've been having a good time. And when I was in that fun, I was like, why am I doing this? Yeah. I wasn't happy. But now I'm happy.
0: Yay. Hey, must feel nice to have improved.
1: Anyway, I've been making some minimal improvements, I think, on my speed. Uh,
0: I gonna say even more than minimal.
1: It's hard to say because I felt like I was making a lot of gains earlier this year, and then I had the injury, and then I felt like I had to start from scratch, or even worse than scratch. So I feel like at least I've gotten back to that level where I felt like I was improved at the beginning of the year, and maybe a little bit beyond now. Because, uh, for one, I just did a 17-miler yesterday. It was the fastest 17-miler I've ever done for a long run comfortably yeah. on this on the route actually where my knees started hurting on that 20 miler
0: oh <laughs> that way, started way back it yeah
1: way back <laughs> so I, I've been avoiding it this whole time because I'm, I'm just kind of afraid it's very hilly it's all rolling hills downward and then it's all rolling hills back up and a, lot, and a few steep hills thrown in there too
0: uphill both ways yeah
1: you know it's, it's a good route. I mean I got shouted out at a lot Because it's in the
0: south end of Fall River Yeah,
1: that's where I've gotten my shirt made fun of Or get a job
0: Yeah, Uh, get a a job is definitely my favorite
1: So guess what I said, what I got yesterday Uh, let me guess Uh, nice boots well, I got that too. <laughs> but I got Run Mrs. Forrest Run. That was the least original one. think.
0: oh come
1: on. Well, and are the nice boobs.
0: Let's get some original material. No. Run Mrs. Forrest.
1: <laughs> so, you know, I, I've been kind of staying close to home because of the knee and heat, so mm-hmm. I can refill my bottles or, or if, say, something happens to my knee, yep. I don't have to walk and miles back home. Yeah. But my knee is good, knock on wood.
0: It's been very good lately.
1: I haven't had any sciatic pains or anything. So um, I, I went out for my first out and back run since before the injury. How long did it take you? Like about three hours? Less than three Less hours.
0: Than, I was about to say it was like 250 something.
1: So, I did it at a 1020 pace which is the fastest I've ever done you know an easy long run now my goal wasn't to push the speed it was just to be to ease to be just easy to, just to be
0: able to do the miles
1: yeah it was an endurance thing and it felt fine you know and over hills like normally coming back I have a hard time because of the hills some of them are very steep I, I went up them fine it just kind of charged right up to me not, not remarkable speeds but I did okay yeah the bus tourists they're hearing aloud.
0: yeah and the bad music
1: actually somebody was playing bad music outside of the stop and shop and Myrna started hiding
0: uh, she's got she's got taste like real American Idol yeah
1: <laughs> so anyway I, I'm just proud that it, it felt the easiest and it was the fastest I've ever done that route for a long run yeah. and before that I had a 16 mile uh, long run the week before, the 15-mile long run at marathon pace. Now, I went faster than marathon pace, but I was thinking for marathon pace. Yeah. I am mean, kind of going by feel. I'm sort of prescribing to, like, a set pace. I just think to myself, is this an easy effort? Is this a, you know, comfortably easy, you know, hard or easy? Yeah. You know, it's a comfortably hard kind of pace? That sort of thing. So I went um, and did my marathon race pace. Or faster than actually, mm-hmm. because I was so proud because I ran it in a sub ten minute mile. Uh, it was a nine fifty pace. So, I've never done that for a sixteen miler. So it felt comfy? Um, comfortably hard. You know, like I, I felt like I was pushing it, yeah. but I definitely felt like I could I could keep it going.
0: Yeah.
1: So I'm not, I'm really kind of proud of that like something's happening. And I use my freezer in the 16 mile arc.
0: Yeah, you, you've been thinking about maybe trying to keep them for shorter runs, but those you just couldn't resist. Could you?
1: Well, the thing about Vistenger's plan, there are no short runs. Yeah. Uh, and there's some easy runs, but the speed works are in usually eight to ten miles or sixty mile, you know, race pace kinds of runs. Yep. So I'm, I'm, my goal was actually just to keep them for speed work, not for short ones i see so i just have to get used to running them. them 10 to 16 miles which is actually okay you know after after a few runs with them uh, my toes were fine yeah because
0: last time you wore them last episode we talked about them anyway
1: i only wore them them once
0: yeah you said your toes were like they felt like they had done some work
1: yeah they were tired and, you know, a little bit still after that 60-miler, maybe. But not so bad for 11 a mile or after. Everything so is pretty good. So I definitely, you know, I can definitely use them up to half-marathon half distance. Very good. Comfortably. I'm not sure about marathon distance yet. I've been having good runs, and my tempo runs have been pretty quick, too. I've been been even seeing in the eight minute mile range. Yeah. For several miles. You know I ran it was a 10 mile galactic threshold run which is a which is a tempo run basically. Yeah. I ran I think three or four of those miles in the middle faster or about my 5k speed.
0: Very nice.
1: It's definitely a hard effort but I still did like a 5k at my 5k speed in a 10 mile run, so I think that's promising that maybe if I do another 5k I might be able to actually get a PR. I think so. I'm excited. I'm not injured. I'm running a little faster. And this week's a big week because I am going to do 50 whole miles in a week for the first time. I'm getting over that 49.
0: Yeah, because your previous week's PR from distance 49. Yep. Tantalizingly close.
1: And that was uh, over a year and a half ago. Did because the uh, worldwide festival of races is coming up in two weeks. That's right. Yeah. I signed up for the Heartphone Half Marathon. Uh, we had meant to do that one last year. I did, but we had a wedding to go to. Yeah. And we didn't. I had already signed up for it. So I waited <laughs> to see if something should come up. Yeah. I'm going to do the half, and you're going to do the 5K.
0: Yep. Yeah. Well, have three distances, marathon, half, and five. Yep. I would have done, like, say, a 10K or a little bit longer, but 5 is the... Five.
1: 10Ks are kind of rare.
0: And besides, I hate 10Ks.
1: No. Well, after this half marathon training, you're going to conquer the 10K after.
0: Yeah, definitely. And
1: then you're just going to concentrate and do and just work on that and get faster that way.
0: I never have a good 10K races. I have not had a good one yet. Even on my own, when I've run about 6 miles, it always turn out yeah,
1: five is okay.
0: Yeah. Except for this one. Yeah, this one sucks.
1: No sidewalks.
0: Yeah, there's just nowhere to run around here.
1: And the sidewalks here are only big enough for two people.
0: Yeah. Not two no. people and two dogs.
1: And like cars are just insane today. Yeah. That's why everybody's out?
0: I thought people were lazy and they stayed inside.
1: I know, huh? So anyway, so how's your training going?
0: actually really good.
1: How those six milers? Uh, well,
0: I had a really rotten one a couple of weeks ago. I just really did not do well at all. But since then, I've been having fantastic runs, including more than six miles.
1: Yeah, I yeah, know you did a great seven miler.
0: Yeah, I did a fantastic seven.
1: Now this week's a step down week we're just doing a nice easy five. Remember when five wasn't easy?
0: I know. This is a recovery week for me. So it was supposed to be three, three, four. 3 4 Since uh, we decided we'd run together today, to record the show, and you had a 5 to do. I figured 3 2 five. Yep. So the recovery has been pretty nice. It seems like a little lighter, but I feel like it's nice to recover a little bit.
1: Yeah, you need them. Um, there's a reason why they're built into the program.
0: As well, I have been having great runs. Take a little step back. I might feel feeling better.
1: Um, your, your body needs time to recover, fix itself. Yeah. So you can go back and put it back into your hard workouts again.
0: Exactly.
1: Head back. Yeah, sure.
0: I mean, I've been having pretty great feeling runs all around. Yeah. Um, some of them have been quite fast.
1: Yeah, you've been going good. Really, I think you're going to get a PR that it days. I'm hoping. Well, I I did forbid you to use your bottle, didn't Yeah. You,
0: yeah, it was. You were
1: talking about it and you're like, oh, I'm going to use heat. I'm like, you don't need it. It's only three miles. You should be able to get through a three-mile run in October without <laughs> heat. It's could it before or after, not during.
0: I'm just so used to bringing the bottle.
1: I you know. It's like a mini blanket. The a mini bottle. I know what kind of man you are.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have a drinking problem. Oh, yes,
1: you do. You need get your bottle out for two. You put heat in. You shouldn't need it for well, that much. You know, if, if you do, then maybe there's something wrong. I just worry.
0: You know, because sometimes if uh, I don't do things just right, or I go out too fast, I'll need water like the first mile.
1: Well, that's more of a hydration than a
0: yeah. Maybe I you should. shouldn't
1: worry so much
0: Worrying might make me more dehydrated
1: yes. Oh, stress does make me sweat more yeah. Drinking again
0: And thinking of when
1: When you loved me I'm having a
0: few And wishing that you were here
1: Well, you heard something good on um, the Skeptic's Guide podcast.
0: Yeah, well... That seems to be helping you. I listen to a podcast, which a lot of people listen to, called the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. (laughs) It's about science and uh, skepticism and things. Yeah, really good. Yeah. They're talking to a professor named Richard Wiseman, who uh, is a professor in England. He's a psychologist and a former magician and a skeptic.
1: Every skeptic is a former magician,
0: Yeah, they tend to be. <laughs> he was saying that it seemed like it would kind of help me a little bit, where he was saying that, you know, contrary to popular psychology, the idea of making goals is that you make a goal and you visualize yourself having achieved it. Like the secret. Like the secret, yeah, which is crap.
1: No, this is the pop culture version, not his version. Yeah, this is the pop... Let's clarify. This is a pop psych
0: version. That you visualize yourself having achieved some goal. Whatever Winning it is. the
1: race. owning the house.
0: Being top in your field. Whatever it is that you're making a goal for. In my case, it would be running well.
1: Yep.
0: He was saying how...
1: That's was complete crap.
0: Essentially, yeah. He said the studies show that um, that doesn't work because what happens is that you visualize yourself completely and utterly successful at what you're doing and you get this picture in your mind that you latch on to.
1: It's all perfect
0: vision. It's perfect, right. And when you, when the slightest small deviation occurs or a little stumbling block, or something happens to happens to change that vision vision or the ability to achieve that vision as perfectly as you've imagined it you get discouraged and then you
1: it might prevent you from even achieving a little of that exactly so he said what studies
0: show is a better idea is to just visualize yourself engaging in the process that if continued would help to achieve your goal so let's say you're visualizing running really well at a race don't visualize yourself at the end of the race fresh as a daisy uh nothing hurts yeah you know jumping up and down getting the medal pr yeah. all that other stuff don't do that because if something happens you're going to get annoyed yeah. <laughs> and you'll it'll distract you and you'll be very
1: because you know what? Upset. Most races don't go well. Right. anything else.
0: To focus instead, visualize yourself just running well. hmm Because yeah. you're engaging in the process. And you're not looking ahead too much so to the point where you're going to shoot yourself in the foot.
1: Mm-hmm. Just, just try to concentrate on... It's not so much the moment, but the steps in the yeah. moment.
0: Not exactly like being in the moment, like...
1: It's not very zen. It's not about zen. No. It's the moment. It's more about the, the process. Like, if you have a success, you want a successful career. It's, it's more like going out doing the paperwork.
0: Yeah. Break it into smaller pieces and visualize what parts of the job do you need to do. Yeah. And visualize yourself doing those.
1: Breaking it down.
0: Yeah. But if you want to, say, be a great writer, for instance,
1: mm-hmm.
0: don't imagine yourself. In Oslo, winning the Nobel Prize, because that's where you end up like me. Yeah. Rather instead, picture yourself making time to go write somewhere. And engage in the process of writing. What is it like?
1: Yeah, about that hour a day. Yeah. Or those, you know, those two hours you want to, you know, like, so you're sitting at work and you want to write and you are you just make the goal of writing at least two pages. Not yeah. the whole novel that day. No. Just two pages. And then the next day is another two pages. And, and then eventually it'll be the novel. Yeah. And whether you go to Oslo or not, that would be something else. But that's out of your control anyway. <laughs> because but at least you've gotten to the novel.
0: Besides, if you're an American writer, you're never going to win the Nobel Prize, as it no.
1: is. <laughs> but you know, I, I think you. I mean, you've talked about this before. Is that you have trouble getting to the, to write anymore? Yeah. It's not the time so much. It's, I think it's I think you visualize the big things.
0: Yeah.
1: And you just have to visualize the small things, the small steps.
0: Yeah, it's too big. Especially, that's another part of it, is that these things are just these huge goals that you visualize yourself being. Yeah,
1: I don't successful. know where we are.
0: I don't really know where we are either. We should either. Go that way then.
1: Okay. Okay. Sorry. I thought it said Batman Street.
0: <laughs> Bat- Batman Street. We're on Bateman Street right now. If you're looking, playing along in the home version. Oh, this area is quiet. Yes, That's isn't
1: it?
0: tempting. Yeah, it is tempting. We're about 2.9 miles Sorry. on the corner of Bateman, Carroll, and Old Fort Street, if you're playing the home version of Four Feet Running. <laughs> but anyway, you know you make these big goals, and they're, they're very overwhelming. I'm sure it works for some people, but for me...
1: Well, as far as studies go, it works for most people Yeah, to break it down.
0: Yeah, so I sort of used that the other day during my run. I thought, I'm going to try to do this from now on, like, not just with the running, but with everything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not going to picture myself at the end of a three-mile run.
1: Okay, when I run a marathon, I break it up. I don't ever, nobody, I don't think anybody really thinks about the whole 26.2 miles. Yeah. You think about, okay, I only have a 5K to do, I only have a 6K all right, it's just 10 miles, you know, or I only have a 5K left. A lot of it's that. You're breaking up the race into pieces rather than seeing end. Yeah. And you've kind of had trouble with that too. Yeah. Well, I think about, you know. The whole 13 miles.
0: I do. I, You know, I I psych myself out because I'm like, I can't even do a six-mile run. I'm feeling like crap, how am I going to do 13? It yeah. you know, just sort of shows that focusing on that big goal and visualizing it too much.
1: It's too intimidating, really, It, it can't hurt Yeah, yeah. And it'll still pro- you know, progress.
0: Yeah, because then that's the kind of time when I'm like, oh, f- it, who cares? Yeah. Why am I doing this? I can't do 13. Well, today I can't do 13. I might be able to tomorrow, or if yeah. I break it into smaller, yep. manageable pieces, and I just picture myself doing well in the process of it. Maybe I can.
1: Yeah, so it's 17 miles. I didn't picture the whole 17 miles. I just, yeah, you know, I'm just gonna visualize it being good. You know, I know we're up to that point. How much I should be eating or drinking, or I don't think Duralite Castle, that sort of thing. Yeah. Some very funct- functional things. Yeah. I mean there was a point, you know, I was just going up a pretty hill and like, man, it was only three miles in. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I stopped myself from say- saying to myself, oh, I'm going to have to have 14 more. It's only a couple miles to like this certain house that I yeah. use at the landmark. I can get there. If I yeah. just get up this hill, I'll be fine. Yeah. And I just break it down to my next landmark. I like to use landmarks a lot. Yeah. And it's very helpful.
0: It is. I think...
1: I, I think it helped with my run yesterday a lot. Well,
0: when you were... See, the old me. Uh-huh. Right? <laughs> The old Dan
1: <laughs> You just changed it overnight because of that podcast Pretty much, well, was it was just a nice little It just seemed to strike a, a chord with you
0: Yeah, you because
1: to hit something.
0: Well, because it's a problem that sort of Comes up in a lot in my life yeah. You know, that I I worry so much about things I'm a big chronic worrier And a lot of what I worry about Are these big Abstract yep. Giant problems that are way in the future, I said, well, I'm not even there yet. I
1: know. When we started up for a race, I said, well, the best thing to do is just visualize running happy for yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. You because know, you're kind of like, oh, 5K. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, another race. <laughs> yeah. Almost fail that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't really like races very much, because I worry about them, like, weeks and weeks in advance. I just get tense and... Nervous and anxiety. I get anxiety. And-
1: if this one isn't going well, the next one might. Yeah, that happens all the time. Yeah, let's run. Can't start up, crappy. Better now. I found a good spot. Yeah. This is- where the hell we are? I don't know. It's pretty. There's not much traffic.
0: Yeah, it's not too hilly or too flat either. Yep. It's a little challenging. Not so many yeah. f- damn tourists. Yeah. Who we'll make each day? holiday when the circus come to town nobody else but sweetie the happy little clown so anyway yeah so i've been breaking things down into smaller pieces and trying to
1: so visualizing is the still process. good. Yeah. But yeah, it's just they, not the big stuff, just the small yeah. stuff like picture yourself doing it happy in a yeah. way or yeah. what you need to do are functional, functional kind
0: of. Yeah, what's keep the it the next thing. Basically more functional I think was his point rather than keeping it imaginary. Yeah. Because you'll never achieve that and then you'll be upset when it doesn't happen or it'll It'll bother you if it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Some people can, I'm sure, visualize success and they'll get there and it doesn't matter to them if uh, they never get there as long as they've pictured a goal and all that other stuff. But for me, I and need most to... Most
1: people that have and, been studied. And
0: most people have been studied according to Professor Richard Wiseman. He's a wise man, actually. Yes,
1: yeah. He has a podcast too. I haven't heard it yet.
0: It's pretty good. It's called uh, Richard Wiseman's Afternoon Tea. Yeah. He's a, a British fellow so he uh he's
1: funny I, I like him on the skeptics side
0: <laughs> he's really funny he's actually really funny have uh, the podcast i've heard a couple of episodes it's pretty good he talks to comedians uh, magicians performers skeptics you know just pretty much anybody he just sits them down a psychologist sits them down for a cup of tea literally you can hear yeah. the glasses chinking on the china and they just talk for about 20 minutes. It's really kind of nice. It's sort of not the kind of like harsh, sort of very science-driven skepticism mm-hmm. of uh, like, say, Skeptics Guide, but yeah. they get quite snarky and stuff. He's just more very relaxed and polite, and something, you, you asked one person. Sounds very British. It is, he asked one person what his favorite biscuit was.
1: Yeah. Where SGU is more very New England because they are mostly New Englanders.
0: Yeah, yeah, they all are.
1: (laughs) Snarky New England from Boston.
0: I don't know what the hell they're talking about. (laughs) Holy crap! (laughs) It's him having a chat with interesting people. Mm -hmm. Most of them just happen to be skeptical. He talked to an old Scottish comedian for a while about jokes and what makes a good joke and. I you practice your routines. I like that one because the guy talked about, the comic talked about uh, how uh, his favorite joke is Woody Allen's moose story.
1: Did oh, that one go again?
0: Uh, it's a very long story. Oh, never mind then. <laughs> it's basically this guy shoots a moose. And, uh,
1: so you can tell it anyway. No. <laughs> I shot a moose once. I was hunting upstate New York and I shot a moose. And I... You're running faster.
0: Yeah, I yeah uh, I took the dogs out one one time for my last couple of runs. Stanley had not walked in like a day or two, so he was all riled up like a marlin uh, on the end of the leash, and uh, he pulled me to like for one point I was running a 10:30 mile.
1: Oh, uh, that's pretty fast.
0: Yeah. As for me, I usually run like. Sometimes I run like 13. Lately, I've been running more like 12 and a half.
1: You've been some improvement. Some of the speed work, I think, is worth it, huh? Oh yeah. That and dogs?
0: Definitely have the dogs with us because they pull me so fast. that I have no choice but to keep up.
1: Well, you've been taking to the speed work very well.
0: I've been liking it, to be honest. Sometimes I run better with the speed work than I do when I'm doing easy runs.
1: Which leads me to believe that maybe your pace is actually more uh, more efficient, faster.
0: I think so. But I've been I've been doing like more easy runs, like under the 12:30 mark. Mm-hmm. Which you know, when I even first started this program, was like that's where the speed work should be.
1: Yeah. So you're going more by perceived effort, like me now.
0: Yeah, I have little. Time goals, little pace goals.
1: That's Runner's World gives you.
0: Yeah, because I'm using some smart coach Runner's World plan. And it's got pace goals in it, but because they're a little bit slow, let me go in by perceived effort instead.
1: Yeah, I think that Macmillan calculator was holding me back. I was trying to match my goals to you know, what I plugged in the numbers to be. Yeah. And honestly, I just think it was holding me back for what it was because ever since I gave it up
0: yeah even better
1: yeah and trusting my own instincts instead of numbers yeah which I know it's sounds stupid to not have done that in the first place but you know a lot of books they say oh you know if you don't go too if you go too fast and you easy days then you're gonna hurt yourself yeah too, blah blah yeah you know, if you don't follow the numbers you might hurt yourself yeah and you know me being injured lately I've been worried Yeah. So that's why I've been following the numbers.
0: Well, you worry that, like, the numbers are there for a reason.
1: Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) But But I I think I'm okay. I just have to avoid falling in a hole or
0: anything. Yeah. I went to the post office for you the last couple of times.
1: (laughs) You didn't fall in the hole, did you? No, I didn't. That's
0: good. I think I know where we are now.
1: Yeah, it's that part, the park. The geocache we never got I never found that one right there's too many people around there really is a problem with too many people muggles hey is that Gerard Shower I think it is you know there's another jericho Shower pointer oh he's pointing look
0: yeah he's on point <laughs> look at him look
1: at you, well, you guys can point together he's his biggest family
0: yeah
1: I think that's the biggest one we've
0: seen wow it's like a.
1: wish you without the spot <laughs> Yeah. It's like looking in the mirror, Stanley.
0: Yeah, it's like your doppelganger. <laughs> your Stanley ganger. Oh. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right, come on.
1: Oh, wow. Let's
0: go. Hey, Let's go. good boy.
1: You did good. You did good for once.
0: Okay. Wow.
1: They're was... rare up here, so we never see them. And he did a good greeting. Because he's been a little bit weird with dogs. Yeah, I get He's had problems. <laughs>
0: Yeah. What a crazy pair, pops and cousins My little cousins all the way One pair of matching bookends Different as night and day Where Kathy adores a minuet,
1: The ballet russe, and crepe Suzanne Our
0: caddy loves rockin' all I've not make sure lose control What I wild duet.
1: I run this morning but I'm okay now. Yeah. I have 12 tomorrow.
0: Oh my God. Bitsy's really tough on you. He's a mean uncle. He totally
1: is the mean uncle but you learn from him.
0: Iggy's <laughs> a fun uncle. Yeah. He's the one that gives you piggyback rides.
1: Yeah.
0: Smuggles candy in for you.
1: Yeah, totally. I did a 10 mile lactic threshold run So I was running at, you know, 5KC. Yeah. Um... And then I had to run 11 miles after. Oh. That, was, that was rough.
0: Man alive.
1: But you know what's not going to be as rough it is uh, the half marathon, yep. which he, ha- he has um, tune-up races in his program, and so I'm going to use that as a tune-up race. Uh-huh. After, the day after, i was supposed to run 17 miles. Oh, God. I have to admit, I'm a little worried. Race pace and then... 17? <laughs> yeah. Oh, That's in the program. I checked it
0: twice. Oh. what are you doing to my wife? <laughs> You're going to kill my wife.
1: Oh. I, mean, I have to admit, sometimes oh, I miss uh, Uncle Higgy's four-mile tempo runs.
0: He was nice to me.
1: But you know, I never got anywhere. That's oh, true. not as much. Especially. Not as much as, as fast. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel like I'm getting faster in a you know, longer run, yeah. which is what you want to do when you're training for a marathon.
0: Yeah, it's not a 5K. Okay, so it's, it's gonna be about what now? Maybe 72, 75 degrees, maybe. It's
1: warmer, yeah.
0: I just past the woman in a fully zipped parka. Yeah.
1: I gonna be in August during that high humidity time. Yep. And a uh, parka. <laughs> in a hood that was fur line fur line I was dying that yeah. was, was one of those runs where I was so sick and
0: the from the heat <laughs> like,
1: what am I hallucinating or I don't know that that person ran around a really really thick cold
0: <laughs> was the theory supposed to be it keeps the cold in
1: I'm not sure I'm pretty sure uh, fur line jackets are not cool <laughs> All
0: right. There we are. That was five miles in 105.11. Not bad. About average for me. Well, uh, we walked a bit because of um, sidewalk issues
1: and people.
0: Yeah. I'm drinking it's uh, a very lightly seasoned lemon lime heat. uh still t- like it. Still tastes like bubble gum. Uh, but
1: it's okay. I still like no one best.
0: Uh-huh. I like it better than the melon, still tastes kind of melony. I think they're slipping some melon in there yeah. without telling me.
1: I didn't do in the perpetuum, I tried that again, but I put it in a fl- flask so I made it into a paste, which is really gross to look at, <laughs> and uh,
0: it's kind of thick and uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> it's a little gritty, but <laughs> so mm. I put that in uh, a little bit of gel in a flask and that, that really worked, it worked out very well. I smell
0: fish and chips right now. I have that. Oh, yeah. I smell fish and chips, too. Come for a pizza, please. I'll stop in for something. You can just wait outside. You can't have pizza, oh, darling.
1: Oh. I was reading that paleo diet for athletes. Yeah. And, uh... You know, again, it, it sort of goes along the barefoot argument. I don't think there's enough tests, and I think a lot of it's anecdotal. Yeah. But a lot of it is how I have to eat anyway, so that's yeah. why I got it. Yeah. And I have good, some good recipes for me. I can't do gluten free cookbooks. Most cookbooks have some kind of grain in the mm. recipe. So why not go find recipes from a, a philosophy where they, they don't believe in grain? At all. Yeah, no.
0: They don't believe in the existence of grain. I
1: know. But I thought it was funny, you know, seeing as it's for athletes, it's like, oh, I was curious, like, well, what do they suggest for our long endurance races like marathons and mm. like, you know, what kind of are there natural sources, you know, that something not like eatery or even mm. a hammer
0: product? Because the, what's their like overall philosophy that you can't eat anything that
1: the paleo diet is basically the philosophy of I'm going to call it philosophy, not science.
0: Yeah, <laughs> good.
1: Um. That you're supposed to eat like a caveman, and anything that's processed is out. Anything right. that you can't eat in a raw form is out. Not that you can't you can't cook your food. You can cook your food. Yeah. It's not a raw diet. But rice mm. or wheat products, where you'd have to, even though those are natural.
0: You have to process it to eat it. Yeah,
1: you have to process it to eat it, cook it to eat it. Even beans, they don't you like can, beans. All
0: right, um, you can't just like, pull them out of the ground and eat them.
1: Yeah, exactly. You have to, you have to do something to them. To eat them. They, they really don't, they don't believe like in the, agriculture. Yeah, anything. Yeah, those basically that's it. Don't they think. don't believe in agriculture. Potatoes are out. Pretty much <laughs> all those kinds of carbohydrates that we normally that are on our. Food procurement as the biggest thing.
0: So if you you gotta like basically hunt it down. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Except that you you know you only eat the chicken breast.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> I wanted to see what they had to say about endurance events. I mean, what can you eat? you have to have some kind of carbohydrate, you know, after to replenish your muscles, and you have. To, I mean, what do you take during an event? You can't just eat a banana all the time. Yeah. It's really hard to run with a banana. It really yeah. is.
0: Or a piece of beef tongue. Yeah.
1: They, they like their organ meats. But, you know, I read it, and like, they're like, oh, this is a philosophy. All right, but, you know, if you're an endurance athlete, you, that's an exception. So you can just eat whatever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> whatever you want. You know,
1: basically have um, stuff like Hammer products. They didn't mention Hammer, but, like, the, it's essentially stuff the, like the that. same philosophy of, like, or, you know, how to uh, fuel up for a race yeah. depending on time. And, I see. Essentially, they said to use, you know, sports drinks and gels. Right, I see. Be all natural, except when you're racing.
0: Yeah. You're running how long? Oh, forget it.
1: <laughs> and then afterwards, you know, they have various stages. And they're like, you know, you do need to eat some kind of, like, carbohydrate to replenish your body. I mean, you just burn them all off. Yeah. You got to put them back in. Right? Yeah. So they're
0: like, eat a potato. <laughs> <laughs> no potatoes.
1: Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> to a certain extent. It's very complicated, overly complicated. Yeah. I think that's part of their their buzz is that it's so complicated that it's...
0: It must be good. Yeah. There's got to be mean, something there. I Someone think, spent a lot of time it's coming up with a horrible
1: diet or anything, yeah. but it, yeah. I, mean, I question some of the science behind it. I just think it's funny that... Like don't eat these things. Don't eat anything processed. But you know, have some Gatorade.
0: Yeah, Gatorade's fine. Sure.
1: Yeah. You would have found or a that. First drink. I, uh, I didn't mention Gatorade
0: by name. Your early man had Gatorade, right? It's
1: all- no salt diet they don't like salt on anything in your food right
0: uh-huh
1: nothing no salt whatsoever you all in your endurance athlete you obviously need salt yeah
0: you need it otherwise you'll cramp and up and die it's like
1: oh yeah have tons of salt on
0: yeah. that you know while you're
1: running and yeah which is have... smart i mean you need to do that i don't know yeah. what I'm saying, but it's
0: just it shows how uh, they have to be flexible too At least Yeah, because you know they, yeah. they gotta understand that it's not all conditions are not the same
1: yeah
0: and that's fine. Don't ever eat like this. Because evolutionarily speaking, you're not supposed to eat like that. Yeah. Well what if I'm gonna run a long distance ah eat whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, eat whatever that. you want then. <laughs> you know mankind was never meant to eat rice. Well what if I'm gonna run twenty miles twenty miles, have all the rice you want. <laughs> damn it. I mean
1: I, I You don't need know, rice. <laughs> Where they're coming from. Yeah. It's just I just I guess the irony of it is just kind of amazing.
0: Yeah. Well, especially because they, <laughs> the way they frame it. not the
1: wrong advice. <laughs> no. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you should have carbohydrates or a potato after you, yeah. you know, in your meals after, soon you know,
0: after you have an in bed. Yeah. Well, it's just funny because they frame it like it's an evolutionary thing. Like it's, yeah. you know, this is the way it's supposed to be. No salt for anybody. I'll die if I don't have salt. Ah, have some salt then. <laughs>
1: potatoes, why are you telling me to eat a potato
0: after I know. well what did the caveman eat after? Uh, sir excuse uh, <laughs> me I can have a potato right? Oh yeah <laughs> everybody can have potatoes just don't have any potato what? Sorry? Anyway.
1: My sister, how much?
0: Yeah how much I potato eat? can I have before yes. I'm I'm screwing up my nature.
1: <laughs> anyway, hey. I like some of the recipes. <laughs> Yeah, some of the recipes are very good. I mean, yeah, they're, they're you know, like lemon and garlic. That's yeah, awesome. <laughs> lemon and garlic. It's
0: you know because the way you have to eat because of your dietary issues.
1: Yeah,
0: is mostly just through meats and vegetables. You know,
1: I can, I mean, I can, I can tolerate some rice to some extent, but I've been avoiding it for the most part. Yeah. Because even when I do have it, I don't know. It still makes me not quite right.
0: Yeah, too many carbohydrates, and you don't feel well.
1: Yeah, that first doctor I went to was right. I, I guess hate he to was. Say, I made fun of him. He was such an arrogant.
0: You know, I think it was in Newport when we talked about him.
1: Yeah,
0: it was. Last time we were in Newport, <laughs> we had gotten the diagnosis that the guy said you were carbohydrate intolerant. Yeah, and I thought it
1: was full of. Yeah, and I, I take it back. I'm sorry. I, like, you was right. Yeah,
0: we changed our minds. I mean, because...
1: Well, at first, it just well, didn't I seem... Well, because he called himself Dr. Diarrhea, and he was kind of a smug of butt. Yeah. <laughs> <Not> di- <laughs> I still believe that I should have ruled everything out first.
0: Anyway. Well, it still helps to, so, you know, do the tests and everything. Just to make sure. It never hurts to do the tests. So, like, well, because it just seems a bit weird. To, to just be, you know, sort of intolerant to a macronutrient, yeah. like carbohydrates. But
1: I guess it, it is more common than I thought. It's actually lactose intolerance is part of the carbohydrate
0: really? intolerance
1: umbrella term. I see. <laughs> but I'm not.
0: Not lactose but intolerant. But I am with grains. Ah.
1: Uh... So, it's more rare. It's usually people who are obese, I guess. Uh-huh. are uh, From what I've read. Right. He was right. That's what I am.
0: <laughs> I guess.
1: Anyway, the paleo diet works for me.
0: <laughs> okay. Sort of. Parts of it. Parts
1: of it. You know, in moderation. If anything yeah. right. Aspects the, I mean, of it. You can't have dairy either oh. on that diet. I forgot to mention
0: that. Oh. They
1: don't like dairy because, you know, we weren't milking the cows while we were hunting. Yeah. Agriculture. Okay. Along with agriculture.
0: Yeah, because you had to hunt the cows and you couldn't milk them because they'd run way too fast. Yeah. <laughs> he managed to run after them with the stool and the bucket yeah and the bonnet <laughs> get back here i want some cheese Ooh, no way i want a little <laughs> yogurt for breakfast
1: when my get up and go has got
0: up and went hanker for a hunk of cheese when I'm dancing the hold down and my boots kind of slow down or anytime I'm weak in the knees. I hanker for a hunk of, a slab or slice or chunk of. A sniker D is a winner
1: and yet won't spoil my dinner. I hanker for a hunk of cheese. Yahoo! You should always have a protein. Everybody should, not just me. Yeah. Everybody should have a protein with your your meal. Yeah. You shouldn't just be eating like a, a bag of sugar. You <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't? No, you shouldn't ever
0: you want to go get some ice cream? It's
1: fast. That's
0: okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, we should get some Dells. This is Easton Beach. Yep. All right, so here we are by Easton Beach. Headed back to the car. I see a Dells lemonade truck. Mm, I love
1: Dells. It's a Rhode Island treat.
0: Dells is definitely a Rhode Island treat. It's an institution around here. Frozen
1: lemonade... So if you're ever in Rhode Island, you
0: have to have one, but it's only seasonal. Yeah, they only have it during the summer months.
1: Mm-hmm. The water looks so nice. Yeah.
0: What's that out there? Uh, it's a ship. Is it? Yep. I can't
1: tell. It's like um, it looks like
0: little floating globules on the horizon. Little <laughs> floating globules. Yeah, it's a sail. It's a sailboat. No,
1: it's not. Not that. Oh, that phone. thing over there! Yeah.
0: Oh, that! I don't know what that is. I think you're talking about the pointy thing. No, I
1: know what a sailboat looks like.
0: What's that? I don't know. You want a larger. Or... Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, can I get two large lemonades? Thanks. Uh, Dell's frozen lemonade. And so now we're going to head home. Mm-hmm. I'm a secret lemonade drinker. Always, oh, always. Oh, I'm going to give it up, but it's one of those nights. Always, always. Always lemonade. I'm a secret lemonade drinker. Always, always. Always lemonade. Always, 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 always. Always lemonade. Okay, we got a quick addition to the show, since we forgot to mention it before.
1: Yes, we have books to give away. Books. We actually forgot a couple of
0: times. Remember the Four Feet Running Book Club? Still going. (laughs) We got a lot of books. We
1: just keep forgetting to say that they're available. Have you ever wandered through a secondhand bookshop? It's quite an experience. You never know what you're likely to find.
0: We are gonna give away three books, in uh, two in two shots though. Yeah. So one person will get two of them.
1: But one's small, so two. we're gonna give it away with something else.
0: Yeah, it needs a friend. It's too it's too small. <laughs> it wouldn't be right for the person who won that one to just get that one. Yeah. So the first book we're gonna give away is the little one called Running for the Soul, edited by Claudia Pepinberg. If my (laughs) notes are accurate. (laughs) Uh, Those
1: are like little inspirational stories. Kind of like snippets.
0: It's like a chicken soup book, but for running. If you know, like, the the chicken soup for the whatever thing. They have it
1: for everything now. Yeah. So it's like that. Yeah.
0: It's not by the same company, but it's like that.
1: So we're going to give it away with... um...
0: This one called Running the Spiritual Path by Roger D. Joslin. That one's like an also spiritual inspirational kind of book
1: so this should be a good companion and we're gonna give that away
0: that's gonna be sunday the 18th at noon
1: noon eastern time
0: yeah that's sunday october 18th i, should I said sunday the 18th oh yeah you have to have a date in
1: there huh? yeah
0: so it'll be sunday at october 18th at noon you can get Running for the Soul and Running the Spiritual Path together.
1: All right. So the next book we're going to give away is going to be on October 18th. Also. Except that it's going to be 1 o'clock Eastern Time. And we're going to give away The Extra Mile by Pam Reed. The Extra Mile.
0: Not the podcast. No. <laughs> you can get that for free anytime. Yeah,
1: that's free all the time. And much easier.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what's Pam Reed like?
1: So she's like the Dean Karnazes of the uh, female world. Oh. You know, the female variety.
0: She does all kinds of, like, ultra-marathon.
1: Uh, yeah, she seems track. a little equally crazy. On the cover, it
0: shows her running bad water.
1: Yeah, she won.
0: That's right, she won bad water. So. That's amazing. That's crazy. Well. So
1: it seemed very similar because Dean Karnazes won bad water, too. Yeah. Hold all right, on. so every truck is going by now. Yep. To he's driving with his he's Losing his hands to talk
0: Oh, that's not good He should try just drive that car yeah. <laughs> So, again If you'd like to win the extra mile By P.M. Reed, Sunday, October 18th 1 p.m. Eastern Time Again, to win the uh, Books with the 4 Free Running Book Club All you have to do is wait for us to tweet something about it or post a message on the blog and on the Facebook group.
1: Daily Mile. Daily Mile. We do it all at the same
0: time. All simultaneously. We'll post a message that says, This book is now available. And you got to email gmail.com to get it. The first one gets
1: it. And please tell us which one you want <laughs> Yeah. at the time.
0: Yeah. And just uh, so it's clear, yeah, just so we know and you know which book you're go- Which book you're going for. All
1: right. And just one book at a time there.
0: Yeah. Only one winner per day.
1: Yes. <laughs> Can't hog all the books. No. So we have to thank uh, Sweet Daddy D for the books. Yeah, he's
0: the one who donated all the books. And we're, we're getting through them, slowly yeah, but surely. And we're going to pass them along to you. Yep. So we can enjoy them and hopefully pass them along to other people. Yep. So they can pay it forward
1: <laughs> it's all good uh, I think that's it
0: okay and we'll go back into the studio so did you enjoy your lemonade?
1: I did it was yummy I forgot What was that? <laughs>
0: ages ago. so we have uh, a couple of emails that we should read mm-hmm. uh, and get back to people should probably blow through these quick because the show's already long. All
1: right. Yeah. One of
0: them is from uh, Main Runner Guy. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Main Runner Guy writes, "Um, I just listened to your podcast where you guys talk about barefoot running and thought I would share my two cents on the subject since that seems to be gripping the running world. Gripping it with its bare toes. (laughs) Uh, A very strange coincidence, maybe six weeks or so ago, my wife was going to the library to grab some books. She came home with none other than Born to Run. I read it cover to cover, and it completely changed the way I looked at running. Not really the barefoot stuff, but just running philosophy in general. Mm. Uh, all of a sudden, I noticed that everyone was talking about barefoot running, and the whole concept seemed odd to me. It seemed odd until I really strained a muscle in my left shin. It was extremely painful, but because I have a marathon coming up in October, I felt like I couldn't sit on the sideline as I had some pretty important long runs. I found that I was a classic heel striker, but if I ran on my forefeet, I had zero pain in my shins. Yeah. So One day, I shed the shoes. Uh, After I got the feeling down of running barefoot, I put the shoes back on and ran like I was barefoot. After two weeks of having to concentrate on my new form and some sore calves, I found that it came naturally. Since then, I have noticed a dramatic drop in my split times.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
0: Running fast with less effort uh, when I was heel striking. And I think there's a middle ground between running barefoot and running in heavily structured shoes. I would encourage anyone to head over to a track, ditch the shoes... Ditch the shoes and run.
1: How many hairballs did
0: And run a couple of easy laps just to get the feeling of running barefoot. Then run exactly the same way with shoes on. It's helped me a lot. I did a 24 mile training run last week and I've never had my legs recover so quick before. That's for main runner guy. Yeah. I suppose, again, like we were saying, I suppose it, it's okay for some people.
1: I think it's more of a training tool. Yeah. Not necessarily about the magic of barefootness. Yeah. It's more of a biomechanic, get your forefoot running. You can do that with or without shoes. Even Chris McDougall, and I heard him, although he contradicted himself, I'm two podcasts, but he did say on Brandon Mar- Brandon's marathon podcast that he ran with Ambie Burfoot from Runner's World, and he reviews shoes on Runner's World. Mm-hmm. He said that he could run in concrete blocks; it wouldn't matter because his form is so good. I mean, I, I think it's a you know, it probably helps.
0: Yeah, to get to, some people like used to the way that yeah, your feet should move. Right? It's
1: hard to do the forefoot running, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's possible with shoes, I think. Yeah. It's, it's a mute point compared to the actual biomechanics doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> shoes or no shoes, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's what Chris McDougall had said. Of course, he, I think he took it back on the <laughs> table and said that everybody should be running barefoot.
0: Oh, I wish that guy would get his story straight, because concrete <laughs> blocks are very different from nothing on your feet.
1: Anyway, I remember Andy Barefoot had a little column about um, the Born to Run. He never once mentioned the barefoot running part of it. No. So it was a good book, though. Yeah. I still haven't gotten it from the library yet.
0: No, I still haven't read it. It's
1: still running around the system.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, it seems like it's a a nice tool for some people to use, but I'm not sure it's, like... The the problem, with again, with us is more of, like, the magical stuff where he says everybody should do this because that's the way you should.
1: Yeah. And if you do
0: it, then you'll be magical.
1: Yeah, well, the correlation of what people did before we had shoes Mm -hmm. to now is pretty anecdotal. We aren't those people exactly anymore. We've evolved to have shoes since then.
0: But it's working very well for yeah. you. And I'm very happy for you, Jake. Yep. Hey. We got another one here from the Beatnik Bandit. He writes a quick marathon report on August 30th, 2009.
1: Is this uh, a hundredth and <laughs> My God, he is crazy. <laughs> Not
0: a hundred and tenth, don't exaggerate. It's just his fifty-seventh.
1: Oh, that's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't ran, know
1: how he does it.
0: Ran his 57th marathon in Quebec City. The weather ideal, 15 Celsius with light rain.
1: How's that marbles in your mouth doing?
0: <laughs> Here we go. Uh, this was a lot different than when I ran it last year. Last year it was 35 Celsius with the 430 pacer quitting at 25 kilometers, saying in French, that he was too hot and he was tired. <laughs> My race number this year, 666, was ominous, Hmm. but proved to be benign. I didn't grow horns or a tail. I did try to find some fake horns, but I couldn't find any. (laughs) The marathon starts in Levi's?
1: So did you get a pair of jeans? (laughs) I wonder.
0: Levis or Levi's? I don't know. Okay. Along the bank of the St. Lawrence River, then you cross the river and run to the other side to finish in Quebec City. First half is very pretty, running through small villages where the porches come right to the road. The last 10 kilometers, pretty boring except for the river. Here it got kind of lonely. Those crazy Quebecois have to do things differently. They have the kilometer markers in descending order, so you always knew how far you had to run.
1: What's with them? <laughs> They're
0: I mean, contrary over there, aren't they?
1: God. It kind of goes against that philosophy you're thinking of. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you break things down. And-
0: I know. Uh, but I can never figure out the math for my pace. The extra .2K was on the first K mark. Confused? Yes.
1: Yeah, way confused. Well, first you're talking in kilometers, and then...
0: I know. (laughs) I was, but at 30K, I didn't (laughs) give a... (laughs) It is a well-run race, and I would recommend it. In the marathon's history, there have been two deaths. Wow. They're all I, just two. I've run the marathon twice before, and on those occasions the deaths occurred. Jesus, the first I actually witnessed my first Quebec marathon as I finished, I saw a runner down and the medics with paddles on his chest
1: oh that's not Ooh. good.
0: This year, in spite of my number, no one died. <laughs> Yay. Including
1: you? That's awesome. Very nice. Yeah.
0: He finished in four thirty-one twenty six hundred seventy eighth 678th place out of 871 finishers, 32 out of 48 in his age group, 60 to 69. A lot of fast old farts in Quebec. <laughs> <laughs> and the Beatnik Bandit concludes by saying, P.S. Wobbly Pops. Uh, which were mentioned a couple episodes ago. I we had so. We had no idea what those were. They're beer. Mm. Yeah. A couple of other Canadian people uh, emailed us.
1: Ooh, a few people. Yeah.
0: Set us straight on what wobbly pops are.
1: <laughs> it's so fun to say. Wobbly pops. <laughs>
0: wobbly pops. So thank you very much, Beatnik Bandit. Got another one here from Dale. He writes, I'm listening to the podcast and getting ready for my early morning run. I just listened to the segment regarding the Chris McDougall book. Really appreciate your take on the subject. I also consider myself to be a skeptic, so I really agree with your conclusion that the barefoot trend needs more study. All too often I hear of runners coming to crazy conclusions with little evidence to back anything up. I think that we are a superstitious lot, uh, though I try to catch myself and look at these things with a critical eye when I can. And
1: it's very difficult, I, I know. Yeah. I try to. It's, yeah. it's hard.
0: Yeah, it's a constant process. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, I know that the bottoms of my feet need to be toughened up for my longer races, so I did go ahead and purchase some Vibrams. So far, I've been impressed. They really do force me up onto my forefoot and work out my calves in new and interesting ways.
1: <laughs> They still seem like fun to wear. Yeah. I still just want them around the house.
0: Just to separate your toes. Because I
1: just, and and not step in things. I like Mm -hmm. being barefoot in the house, but yeah, I've stepped in things. (laughs) I'm not proud of the things I've stepped in.
0: (laughs) Cat puke. And
1: And you can wash them in the machine. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I will be curious to see the results during my next race, which is in a few weeks. Not really enough time training in the Vibrams, nor can I isolate that one factor, so it probably won't yield much useful data. You can always tell a skeptic because they're always talking about yielding data.
1: I know. I love yielding data. <laughs> I like charts and things. Yeah.
0: So anyway, <laughs> thanks for looking at running with the skeptical line. Keep up the good work, Dale. Thank you very much, Dale. And we got another one here from Kay from West London.
1: Hey Kay.
0: From Kay. Where are you right now, Kay? Are you running a ten K?
1: She must 10K. be done. It's October by now. Ooh. So
0: I think it was just a summer series. Uh, let's see. Well, she says, uh, the last race in the London Regents Park Summer 10K Series was at the beginning of September. You're right. I told you. Bing. not
1: like I hadn't read it before or anything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was feeling a little overconfident, went out too fast, died, Oh, talked to Pete McBandit, and had to resort (laughs) to a bit of walking and came in at around 59 minutes. Not happy, but can understand the merits of starting slow and building up. Rather than signing up for the winter 10 k series, uh, I instead decided to embrace a greater challenge, and that 's why I will be running the Disney Orlando Marathon on January tenth two thousand and ten. I am there for a work conference and decided it was a sign I had to do the race. That team from work is being put together with the group doing the half on Saturday chickens. <laughs> And more mad fools attempting the full on Sunday, and then going straight into the start of the conference on the Sunday afternoon. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it in a strangely masochistic kind of way, partly because it allows me to justify buying more kit. Having just taken delivery of my mint green Garmin 405, and I've been playing with it this evening. It's so pretty.
1: Oh, we get the mint green one. Oh,
0: the green one does look very nice. It does. I'm following the four months to a four-hour marathon training plan by Dave Kuehl's, K-U-E-H-L-S.
1: That's a lot of things in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm
0: really sure. So- I'll just call him Dave. Dave. So far, it seems really sensible, and I'm hoping I can stick to it, even though I'm having to travel a lot for work, uh, which saw me out running in a thunderstorm last week Ooh. up the Champs-Elysees in Paris.
1: Oh, even in a thunderstorm. I know. <laughs> I so. still go up. Usually thunderstorms are my I don't go out. <laughs> yeah.
0: But I guess if you were in the Shaolin's LED.
1: Yeah, I would go out.
0: She also says, now that she's having to do longer runs, can I put in a request for a ninety minute minimum podcast, please? I think we can oblige that.
1: <laughs> I know. We have to but we should really be cutting these down.
0: <laughs> I know. Our first one's like twenty four minutes or something.
1: I know. What
0: the hell happened? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Bob. Now I'm
1: more random. That's great.
0: <laughs> Thank you very much, Kay. Uh, got another one here from Sheila. She writes, I have to say your last episode had me laughing the whole way around the woods. I have just run a 7K around London, across Tower Bridge, past the Globe Theater, etc. Dressed as a gorilla in a tutu. <laughs>
1: i remember her telling us about this race
0: right that was Uh, awesome it was brilliant fun if not a little hot and she sent us some photos yeah and indeed there she is it does look
1: very hot
0: it does those gorilla suits
1: i noticed people are holding their mask in their hands
0: i think they must have abandoned them at some
1: point (laughs) (laughs) i like breathing how about you
0: i do too
1: well you're gonna wear a mask
0: Yes, I am actually. In a couple of weeks, signed up. Yeah, the the next week we're doing is the Hartford half, and I'm doing the five k. Mm-hmm. And then two weeks after that, we're gonna do a five k in Salem, Massachusetts for Halloween, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna be wearing my Mexican wrestling mask.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was trying to I'm trying to wear it around the house a little bit to get used to not being able to breathe as well <laughs> through it. And having no peripheral vision.
1: So how's that going?
0: <laughs> it's lovely. I can't imagine running three miles in that thing. But I promised people I would do it, so I gotta do it.
1: Yes, you do.
0: <laughs> I was sitting there doing the bills in the front of our house near the in the kitchen. And I was doing the bills, wearing the wrestling mask, you know, trying to get used to breathing to it and everything. And then all of a sudden I realized the front of our house has a big window. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hi neighbors
1: Hey, did you scare the kids that keep Riding their bikes on our lawn then? I wish Maybe you should wear that next time they <laughs> <come>. <laughs> That's a good idea We
0: have a problem with kids like neighbor kids And kids from the neighborhood Just riding their bikes across our front lawn
1: Actually, doing tricks on it and falling, or yeah. you know, if somebody falls and breaks something or kills themselves, it's our fault.
0: I know, because we have to. Our insurance has to pay for it. Yeah. Like the one of them, they... which
1: isn't fair, because we keep yelling at them to get off our lawn. I know, get off the lawn. Actually, I do the yelling.
0: <laughs> well, I was gonna yell at them, but then you shoved me aside and opened the window.
1: And I was like, ah, <laughs> I'm far scarier, <laughs> yes, but if you, you wear are. the mask,
0: I know. If I do that, see, one of the kids was. Is like going down someone else's downhill driveway across the street which is you know we had there's traffic on our street yeah. and then up onto a ramp they had built onto our front lawn with the bike like hell out of here <laughs> so if i wear the mexican wrestling mask and i threaten to like put a pile driver on them
1: yeah well at least oh. you know they just might think we're crazy enough to not want to even come near our house. Yeah. <laughs> which is fine with me.
0: <laughs> Anywho. Anywho. So thank you very much, Sheila, for those pictures. And last but not least, for the written emails, we got one from Big Papa Q. He writes, While I was driving into work, I listened to your recent podcast. Now I'm online looking up anti parasite drugs. <laughs> Looking everywhere for hookworms, <laughs> picturing them like little ninjas jumping over my phone and shuffling across my keyboard, trying to find an opening for their attack. Forget it. When I'm done with this email, I'm going to get some Lysol to napalm my desk and kill those hookworm ninjas.
1: It's a lot of work. We spend a lot of time worrying about things.
0: <sighs> <sighs> also writes, Dan, I need some advice. Due to some injuries and being way too fat to be a marathoner. No, come on. Anybody can be a marathoner. Mm -hmm. I now have an expectation of last place for my marathon next week. It has a six-hour max. Then they close off the course, take the volunteers away, and I'm guessing they release the wild dogs to eat up the stray runners. I remember once upon a time you came in last in a race. Yes, I did. And I came in second to last in another race.
1: Yeah.
0: Any words of wisdom? Even more important, any suggestions for my crossing the finish line photo? I think the last place in a race is like the last dude to get his diploma. I don't think I can throw my graduation cap after a race. I was thinking of ripping off my shirt like that soccer player did after the U.S. women won the World Cup a few years ago. What do you think? I think that's definitely an option. The most important thing to remember if you're going to come in last in a race... You probably have a great attitude about it, you know, because one of the times I've come across last, mm-hmm. I've been all pissed off and annoyed
1: yeah, and you're, frustrated you're not and angry. camper.
0: And I would scowl at the people when they say, good job, good job, f*** you.
1: Don't be mean to the volunteers. <laughs>
0: Don't be mean because they had to wait longer so you could.
1: <laughs> I know, it's all your fault. You're waiting, they're waiting there for you. I
0: know you got to be really happy and pleasant about it and just pretend like you came in last on purpose and you're having a great
1: time. But you do get the best photos, though. Yeah, because you, you, there's no one around you. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's blocking you. Half my photos, there's somebody in front of me. You've That's seen true. all the marathon photos. I've, it's usually, you see me, it's a foot. <laughs>
0: yeah. Sometimes
1: you get an elbow. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's like an elbow stick out.
1: It'll be like 10 pictures of me and one will have me in it.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> or I'm way in the distance. Yeah. But see, if you're last... Then, You're just there yeah. It's just you I mean I remember one time that The photographer was like All over you. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know He's like Well I got plenty of time I don't have to move fast For this guy I
1: don't think you want to Go back to the paper Or whatever
0: No You gotta be really Self-congratulatory I mm-hmm. think And just like High-five yourself And
1: In front of the camera Yeah Do that Yeah
0: Yeah That's fun <laughs> Do a couple of Bicep flexes For the yeah. camera Yeah
1: well, it's all yours, so... Why yeah,
0: not? why not? You gotta, yeah, definitely maintain a good attitude about it. Don't be a uh, sourpuss like me.
1: <laughs> It'd it take a while to get you out of your funk, though.
0: Yeah. I think if I came in last in a race now, I would probably have a better attitude about it
1: mm-hmm. than I did. I hope so.
0: I hope so. we I'm like, get the hell out of here. It stinks.
1: Wait, the way you're doing your speed work, I don't think so. Yeah. Anymore.
0: Yeah. Plus, I research every race before I run it to make sure there's going to be slower people than me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's also helpful.
0: hmm That's the wood out on the town. It gets a certain fascination. I'm gonna
1: kill or bring you down together. Turn yourself around. Turn yourself around.
0: And we got another couple of little voicemail messages here from Chris Russell from the Run Run Live podcast. Or Run Run Live, whichever way you want to pronounce it. I don't think he cares as long as you just download it.
1: Hey, Nick, Dan, this is Chris Russell. How you doing, man? Man and lady, I guess. But um, just had to tell you, I'm
0: driving by the Massasoit, Massasoit, I think, State Park here.
1: And, uh, somewhere around Taunton. I don't see any bodies burning, so I don't know what you guys are talking about. Ciao.
0: Yeah, that's kind of weird. You didn't see any. I know. Um, because I mean, they we're not making that up. They are there. Oh no. But uh, he did call a second time. Hold on a second.
1: Wait, no. I just saw a couple of uh, impromptu
0: shrines over on the other side of the road, where evidently someone had died. So. I guess I guess there have been some dead bodies around here. Ciao.
1: <laughs> See, he told you. Yeah, yeah. I think they've been told to take some of those down because it got too depressing. Someone <laughs> <laughs> wants
0: to go to the park anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah. well, actually, when we went there, um, in the news around that same time, they did fish a body out of one of the ponds in the area. Oh, I don't know if it was... In that one of them Well, there's a couple of ponds I think in Massasoit
0: Yeah, there's a couple of them.
1: State Park. Wow. And it might have been. I don't know. I didn't get to, to uh to research it. I only saw it briefly on the news that they had fished a dead body out of there. Great. <laughs> well if you go to Wikipedia
0: <laughs> I know. The not like the it doesn't mention anything on Massasoit State Park, but if you go to Wikipedia and you look up the Fall River Freetown State Forest, there's like just A whole segment of the entry that remarks on how much freaky ass activity there is in that part.
1: (laughs) There's Uh, actually um, a myth around it mm, around this whole area. Yeah, it's part of it, sort of like a Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, that's the myth.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Again, I'm a skeptic, so this is. (laughs) But it's just fun to. Yeah. (laughs) people have websites devoted to
0: yeah the bridgewater Hall. triangle yes I so think
1: that's what it's, it's called, called the bridgewater triangle because everybody comes here to die brutally
0: <laughs> yeah and bridgewater is in the center of it i guess mm-hmm. but there's the fall of a freetown state forest one forms one vertex of the triangle
1: yes and then
0: there's the spot in uh, what is it rehoboth where there's a A ghost that lives on the highway that's like a red-headed hitchhiker that uh, attacks people's cars at night.
1: There's a lot of ghost stories. There's actually, there's quite a few uh, books about that. Yeah.
0: Anywho. Anywho. We're not making it up. Chris Russell proved it.
1: Yes. Lots
0: of accidents and nasty stuff around there.
1: Yeah. You want to go for a drive later?
0: No. (laughs) (laughs) I want to meet the redheaded hitchhiker.
1: friend of ours said he saw him. Mike.
0: Oh, was it Mike? He said he saw (laughs) it. I keep wanting to go there and look for it, but you know. It's supposed
1: to be at midnight, I I believe the legend goes.
0: Yeah. I I think think people see ghosts at like three in the afternoon.
1: No. Although technically you should. I know.
0: What are they hiding?
1: Well, (laughs) according to the ghost hunters, it's three o'clock in the morning.
0: Right, because that's when if they made
1: up, up stuff, yeah <laughs> to say that's when the witching hour is. <laughs> is I that... mean, oh, yeah, they use their science
0: right, that's because it nothing. <laughs> if you've been up that long, that's when you start to like hallucinate and say, "I want to go to bed, seeing stuff.
1: Yeah. well, it is part of like the other end of the circadian rhythm, usually for most mm. people when you're
0: <laughs> yes, so that's it for all the emails and voicemails that we have. Um, so we should probably get out of here. Yeah. Our next episode will be for the Worldwide Festival of Races.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We'll be in Hartford, and that should be a lot of fun. it
1: will be on October 10th.
0: So yeah. I hope
1: everybody gets to do a race.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If you're not signed up, go to theworldwidefestivalofraces.com.
1: The longest website name ever. <laughs> I, know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Could do that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but you can't, you know, mistake it for anything else, though. No. Yeah, it's free, it's fun. You can run a half marathon, 10K, 5K. Do
1: whatever you want. Actually, the rules are pretty loose. Yeah,
0: pretty flexible.
1: On that day, a week before, a week after.
0: Whatever you like. It's
1: pretty open.
0: Go to WorldwideFestivalOfRaces.com, I think. You'd sign up. If you want to email us and give us some email, it's (laughs) 4feetrunning at gmail.com. Number 4, feetrunning at gmail.com. Going to read the show notes, look at some pictures and things. Uh, Go to fourfeetrunning.blogspot.com. Number fourfeetrunning.blogspot.com. Our phone number, which has changed in recent weeks, is two oh six three seven six zero seven six seven. Number again, once more, is two oh six three seven six zero seven six seven. Uh, and I think that is it for today.
1: Hooray. So,
0: we will see you later.
1: Bye!